Smartcast. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, all right, all right. It is One of It Podcast time going into week nine of the NFL season. How is everybody doing out there? It is David Schiff, as usual, with my compatriot, my friend, my former work colleague, now just my best bud, Miles V. Miles, how you doing this week? I am Miles. Maybe you've heard of me. David, thank God you're back, man. I missed you. I just, <laughs> I, I, all this period of time not talking to you has been horrible. But uh, I will say this. I enjoyed recording on Tuesday. I don't know about you, but that was different. It was weird. Like things happened throughout the week that might have affected things and changed things. But but I thought it was kind of cool. And I got a lot of feedback from the uh, one bet Army saying they liked it too. So Maybe we need to look at going out earlier and not uh, saving it for the late, later part of the week. Yeah, I think it's definitely something to think about. I liked it as well. And you made the point that it was just sort of less information. We were just going strictly off of the performance of last week. It was kind of raw. There wasn't a lot of like detailed analysis. We just went, we went into it. And I got to tell you, and you just mentioned it, I was in Europe this week, so it was a little hard to follow the games. But I should go to Europe mo- more often because... And it's not just me. In the world of spotting trends in the NFL, which is what you and I try to do, we're both on a little bit of a heater. So we both had really good weeks, and we've both had a good few weeks. So over the last three weeks now, um, out of six possible caches, we've cashed five times. Mm. And just to not bury the lead, we both cashed this week. So it was a little bit strange because I think when I returned to the United States, it was almost like a little bit of an NFL bizarro world. When I left on my trip, Josh McDaniel was the coach of the Raiders and there was a GM there, an offensive coordinator, and Jimmy Garoppolo was the quarterback. That's not the case anymore. When I left, Josh Dobbs was the quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals. Now he's with Minnesota. When I left, Desmond Ritter was the quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons. Now it's, I guess, going to be Taylor Heineke. When I left, Ryan Tannehill was the quarterback of the Texans. Now it's Will Levis. So just so many strange things, not to mention all the trades that are going on. So lots going on. In the NFL, uh, that we need to get into. Well, maybe we can do a fundraiser to send you back to Europe. I don't know. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say things are better per se, but things are definitely different. You are right about that. Yeah, no, um, it was a pain in the ass trying to follow my games. I'll, I'll tell you that. But uh, me leaving the country definitely had good results for my one a bet bank. Um, yeah, some interesting times uh, right now in the NFL. Uh, it really struck me. In the last week or so, how much the trade deadline has becoming more and more of an NFL thing where it used to be more baseball and basketball. Now, so many trades happening. And what's interesting about them is you can kind of see what teams think that they're buyers and what teams are clearly sellers. So you've got 49ers acquiring Chase Young. You've got the Vikings with Dobbs. Obviously, they needed a quarterback. The Chiefs got McCole Hardman back from the Jets. Uh, you know, Seattle got Leonard Williams from the Giants, which I think is an interesting move. Atlanta picks up Van Jefferson. Since you're in Chicago, though, Miles, I, I got to ask you, what is going on with the Bears? Because not only do they pick up Montez Sweat as if they think they're a buyer, but the day before they had gotten rid of Chase Claypool, who they picked up last year at the deadline, which clearly didn't work out. So what's what's going on uh, in, in Chicago? Yeah, it's a fair question, and it's a, it's a lot of head-scratching, and sports radio is really all they talk about in the morning. They, they think that the, the, the GM polls is like, you know, crazy. Uh, people, I guess, want their own guys, and, and when you have new people that come in and they inherit a team and the certain players aren't performing to their expectations, they have no qualms just getting rid of them. And bringing in someone else and say, well, this isn't my guy. You know, I want this guy and this is the one you need to focus on. And everything that I inherited is someone else's fault. It's all about pointing blame. And there's enough blame to go around on the Chicago Bears team. They are not good. 
and you know they've got two wins, and I don't think they have any chance at making the playoffs. So whatever they're acquiring this year is uh, is kind of a head scratcher. I didn't see them as being a buyer. Now on the other hand, you know you got the Vikings in the same division, the NFC North. And as soon as Kirk Cousins goes down and, you know, shows that I think for him it was also an Achilles, they were on the phone quickly and they didn't, you know, look to their own replacement quarterback, their backup or anyone on their roster. They went right ahead and took, you know, what Arizona has been using all year since Kyler Murray's not been playing. So I think Dobbs was a was an excellent pickup for them. I think he'll hit the ground running. I think basically, uh, and I mean that in the way that not only will he just fit right in, but he also is a scrambling quarterback. He has a dimension that I don't think Kirk Cousins had. And so I think it's going to be a really interesting move. And I think that he should probably do well for the Vikings. I'd be excited if I was the Vikings, instead of saying my quarterback just went down, we're lost for the season. I think this is going to be an interesting component to uh, to their playoff run. Well, they've won three in a row, so they're trying to capitalize on that momentum and find somebody who can step in, as you say, who's been playing all year and keep that momentum going. I was going to say, it's just some of the other playoff moves or some of the other moves that are happening. I don't know. not not. I guess there's more than usual, but nothing that sticks out to me as being a major game changer. And what's funny is that at the beginning of the year, we were talking about what were some of the moves that we thought were really making an impact. And I think, again, I probably missed the boat. I was thinking, you know, Ezekiel Elliott would be a lot more important than he's been, right? Or, you know, I think there was um, – uh, was it wasn't Cook, but was it Cook that we were saying would be better? There's another running back that we thought would make it a, an immediate impact. And Dalvin Cook going into the Jets, you mean? Yeah, yeah, Dalvin Cook. So I, I think we were wrong. I, th- I mean, I was wrong for sure in, in, in those early, early predictions. A, a lot of people were wrong around there because some people were happy to see Zeke go to the Patriots so Tony Pollard could step up and have a huge season for the Cowboys. And that has not happened at all. He's having one of his worst statistical seasons in a while. So Yeah, and same is true for the Vikings there where you, you get rid of Dalvin Cook and you think, great, Madison's always been a great you know one-two punch. He's having a really bad year also. So very, very strange. The, the guys you think now they've been freed up to have more touches and be more integral in the game plan really haven't shown out. Yeah, raise your hand if you have Madison on your fantasy team, and you can't see me, but I'm raising my hand right now. That is that has not been a great pickup. The other thing that was interesting about last week is we had identified, and in kind of a bigger picture here, I feel like the teams are starting to separate between the haves and the have-nots a little bit. And there were uh, we had identified eight games last year where the spread was at least six, eight games last year, eight games last week where the spread was at least six and a half. And what was interesting is that five out of the eight favorites covered and then two of the other favorites won by a significant ma- you know, amount. They just didn't cover. So, you know, the Baltimore beat Tampa Bay by seven. You know, the spread was eight and a half. Uh, and then uh, what was the other one? Oh, Buffalo did beat Tampa Bay by six, but that spread was eight and a half. But other than that, you know, big wins. Uh, and you capitalized on one. I capitalized on one. The only, you know, real underdog coming through with surprising colors was Denver over Kansas City. Uh, at minus seven and a half. You mentioned the Baltimore game. Baltimore should have covered that game. That was against Arizona, and you probably didn't see it, but they were up by 10 and basically going to win. And what happened was Arizona kicked a a field goal with like uh, a few seconds left in order to try for the onside recovery and the Hail Mary. They got the field goal. But uh, and, and, and therefore, you know, it was a really bad backdoor cover. Well, as we will talk about strange things happen at the end of football games that change fortunes. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, uh, you know what I'm talking about there. Um, so maybe we should get into it a little bit. As you know, on the Wanna Bet podcast, Miles and I give ourselves a thousand dollars every week and we have to make a series of bets uh, to use all of that money. We have to make at least three bets and each bet has to be at least one hundred dollars. So what we're going to do right now is we're going to take a look back at week eight. We're going to recap our bets and tally up the winner for week eight. Miles, would you like to jump in and tell the folks how you did? Sure. My first bet was one that you couldn't believe that I made. You said, I I think you said, I don't know how you have the balls to make this bet. This is crazy. That was the Kansas City Denver under. That was under 46. And 
you know, I was telling you that I have been watching the recent trend on Kansas City. If you if you look at the larger overall trend on Kansas City and overs, you know, and I'm saying go back to maybe two years, two and a half years, three years, they do hit a lot of overs. And in fact, the public was all over the over 46 in that situation. But if you look at really the more recent trends, and I've been on a lot of their games and I've watched a lot of their games, when Kansas City is the away team, they've been going under. Right. And in this case, I thought they're the away team. They're playing at Denver. You know, when they do get ahead, they just don't close it out. They keep they keep teams hanging around or they'll take a knee or they'll play for field position. So I didn't think that they were going to, you know, reach that 46. Now, I had no idea that Denver would actually win the game outright. That, I think, was a shock to pretty much everyone. Uh, although I do think one of our betters might have picked Denver so, uh, in the one about Army, so good for them. But I did think it'd be a much low, lower-scoring game than thought, and, and it was. And this game actually wasn't really a sweat. It was one of those games where I got to watch and enjoy, and I could even take a break and come back, and nothing really had happened. And Yeah, uh, I just wanted to jump in here because I did follow this game because I was very, very interested, and I did. I thought you were crazy to bet you know, against – you know, Kansas City, who had come off of such a big, promising week against the Chargers, where they really look like their old self, even though I agree that they look a little bit beatable this year. Several things I do think rolled in your favor in this game. Patrick Mahomes was not feeling well. The weather was bad. There's snow. Uh, they had some early turnovers. But there's a really key moment, I thought, early in the first half. Uh, Denver's up 14-6. to six. Kansas City has the ball like two minutes to go in the first half. Kansas City is moving the ball down the field. Uh, they get down to the 19-yard line with like a minute and a half to go. And Mahomes throws an interception. And that was such a key moment because if they score a touchdown, it's, you know, 14-13 or 14-14, which is better for Kansas City and also not good for you in terms of your under. Now, Kansas City did get the ball back at the very end of the first half, and they did kick a field goal. So it went into the halftime at 14-9. But it just felt like that, God, that was such a momentum killer, and they just never mounted anything in the second half. And you just, you know, cruised all the way through that under. Well, the funny part about that is, you know, we got together and made our picks on Tuesday. And then later on in the week, I'm hearing there's going to be severe weather. It's going to be a blowout snowstorm. And I thought, oh, great, the the spread's going to go down. And I I picked a great one here. the over-under is going to go from 46 to, to 30, and I'm going to look like a genius. The spread never moved. I mean, it stayed at the 46. Nothing happened. And, and at the game time, there was really no weather to speak of. Then Sunday, you know, uh, Mahomes is diagnosed saying he's sick. And I think that was a reaction to the week before where Bijan Robinson of Atlanta wasn't disclosed as being sick. And he played maybe a few snaps and had one carry. And everyone yelled at the coach saying, what the hell, you know, we're all playing fantasy football, making bets, and you're, you've got a guy that's not playing, your best running back's not playing. So that everyone said, well, that's why Mahomes is being designated. So I'm looking, okay, again, let's see if the over-under is going to move, and it didn't move there either. So it always stayed at 46, but it very well could have been one of those situations where I got the benefit of uh, getting in at a, at a high over-under and having it move. Well, good for you. You called it. As I've said, you've been right on with your over and unders uh, all year. So this was another one. Well, here's another one where I think I'm lucky that I I made the bet earlier in the week. And that was I took the Eagles at minus six and a half over the commanders. Praise be and blessed be the fruit. That line moved during the week. If we didn't do if we did our show on Thursday, I would have I would have gotten it at minus seven. And the game ended at a seven-point spread, uh, you know, a push for everyone that had those seven points. So for me, I just barely got away with one, and that felt great. So I was really, really lucky at the minus six and a half. Yeah, and a big, big comeback by the Eagles because they were down early in that game. So they really, you know, played the whole four quarters and came out on top. Yeah, it was a, it was a fun game to watch. It was a good game to watch. It was a sweat, no question. But boy, that there's a, a circumstance where that half point made all the difference. Yeah. So those two came in. My last bet did not. And my last bet was the Houston Texans minus three over the Panthers. And this was really a bet against the Panthers. I didn't think they were going to get their first win. 
I don't know much about the Texans, and it, it made me realize that when it comes to the NFL, I really ought to stop betting. Maybe this is a new rule. I, I don't know. But I, I got to stop betting on teams where I know so little about and I don't care and I don't you know, follow or get to know the players and their strengths. And right now I can think of two teams where I just – they don't excite me. I don't know much about them. I don't care to learn. And that's the Texans being one. And the Tennessee Titans being another, it's like these are teams I just I, I don't care. Yeah, you have Derrick Henry. Okay, who else? You know I, who else is on your team? Name name me two receivers. I can't. Yeah, you know. And then with with the Texans, you know, I I, I can't name their players either because they're just not significant enough. And I'm, there's probably there's probably other teams out there for everyone. Maybe everyone has a blind spot depending on what region of the the country you live in. But I guess that, you know, southern, southeastern part of this country, I, I just I, I don't follow. Yeah, there's some teams down there that are just kind of hard to, you know, pin a direction on. And is this team, you know, when teams are really good or really bad, that's good for us because we can sort of bet accordingly when they're up and down and, and people are coming in and out uh, and playing good one week and bad the other. That's harder for us. I think there was a little hype in the air about Stroud. Uh, on Houston uh, coming in and, and playing against Bryce Young. And I think it's one of the things just in the NFL, it's hard for teams to be winless and it's hard for teams to be perfect. And, you know, Carolina finally played a better game and kudos to Bryce Young. He played a much better game. His game is improving a little bit and you caught uh, Houston going in there at the wrong time. And that would, you know, unfortunately you're, you were one game away from being perfect this week, but you still cash. So, you know, good job. Yeah, I'm happy about the cashing. I did go two and one. I think I put maybe twelve seventy nine back in the bank. So I'm getting a lot, you know, closer to where I need to be. And hopefully we'll continue the trend. That was the third week in a row that I cashed. So let's I'm um, looking this week to make it four. Yeah. Um good job there. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, we both cashed. So I also had a good week. Uh, we'll go over my bets and uh, you know, in the world of getting lucky, one of my two the biggest bets because the two of them were at 345 to win 300. I had the Jets minus three over the Giants uh, at minus 115. And the fact that I tied this bet with the final score being 13 to 10 is an absolute miracle. Uh, I saw some of the clips after the fact. I, I don't know how the Giants didn't win this game. You could just see sphincters tightening, the game slowing down, the decisions that were made. It all just sort of collapsed in this wonderfully crazy slow-mo it, it, it's like Zach Wilson played two different games where he was crappy for most of the game until he got the ball back with 54 seconds and had to go down and kick a field goal and suddenly he completes back-to-back 29-yard you know completions it, it was crazy um, how things turned around at the end for me yeah I think he actually had less time than 54 and I think that they were kicking a field goal at like 30 something so I think it was only 30 seconds and you know, I'm thinking, all right, you kicked the field goal. That makes sense. It, it wasn't a long-distance field goal. You Maybe you also punt the ball and make them go all the way. Or, or maybe you, like, you know, do a running play and run time off the clock. You do something. Like, it seems like there was three alternatives, and they end up picking what was the worst one, which is the missed field goal, and now you get the ball where where the – place kicker is i'm not i'm not sure punting was an option it was a 35 yard field goal like you you they don't punt that short you either like go for it on fourth down and you know make it or fail if you make it that's the end of the game if you fail they still have to go a considerable distance to kick their own field goal but just you know worst case scenario you know gano misses the field goal and then uh you know they get the ball first in overtime go backwards eight yards and the Jets come down again and kick a field goal. Some of the stats in this game were crazy. You know, um, I think Tyrod Taylor had eight yards passing before he went out with a rib injury. Uh, or, I, this is what it is. The Giants had minus nine net yards passing. Um, yeah, Darren Waller got hurt. Uh, this is a game where you wonder how long Brian Dable is going to be there with some of the decisions that were made. Very lucky game. And that was the one where I said this should go under, and it was still a low under. And yeah, boy, that came in too, didn't it? Yeah, I think it was 36 because I wrote a note that I said I should have gone <laughs> with the under. I definitely should have. But boy, those those unders get down into the 30s. And even crappy teams, you start wondering you know, teams can sort of fall out of bed and score 14, 17 points sometimes. So 
I was lucky. This is the second time in the last few weeks that I got very lucky at the end of the game. If you remember, there was a Raiders safety a few weeks ago against the Patriots. So that was also lucky for me. And you know what? I'm going to take it. I don't care. I'm taking it all. We get screwed at the end so many times with field goals and all that. Anytime I can get lucky, I'm putting that money in the bank. It's true. So that was week. That was a uh, bet number one for me. Bet number two was Minnesota plus one over Green Bay. That was at minus one fifteen in Green Bay, three forty five to win three hundred. This was such a bittersweet game because I feel like I had it pegged. You know, Minnesota's now won three in a row. Uh, they won 24 to 10, so I put the 645 uh, back into my bank. Such an easy win. The Packers were never within seven points of this game. Jordan Love is just sort of lost right now. Uh, neither team could run the ball. And then in the fourth quarter, Kirk Cousins, you know, tears his Achilles. And I feel bad for him. I feel bad for the team. But also, like, as somebody who had won money on Minnesota two weeks in a row, which I have, now they're kind of off the table for me because I feel like, until I get a sense of how Dobbs is doing in that offense and if they can continue it, you know, Addison has stepped up. I think he was like the rookie of the month. And, you know, Madison, who knows, a team that I was really excited about and really following closely now you know, goes off the board for me. You could always fanboy Detroit like me. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think that would be my next bet, right? So my last bet, this was the big spread for me. I had Detroit minus eight and a half over the Raiders. Everybody is picking on the Raiders this year. That was uh, 310 uh, at minus 105 to win 295. So I did win that bet as, as well. Um, I've been really, really bad at picking overs this year. I think I'm like 0-5 or whatever. I've been really, really good at picking bounce back opportunities mm. and Detroit was coming off of that, you know, horrible beat down to Baltimore 38 to six. And I just thought that was not the real Detroit. This is an anomaly game. They were going to be pissed going home uh, and playing in front of a home crowd against a bad team. And that's exactly what happened. You know, the Raiders kept it close for, you know, three quarters or whatever. Uh, but then Detroit pulls away at the end. Jameer Gibbs had a huge night. Laporta had a, and a nice night. You know, Jimmy G was back, but it didn't matter. And it turned out to be this was the calm before the storm because after this loss, the Raiders just blow up their administration and now Pierce is coaching and Jimmy G got benched. So, uh, you know, I saw it. I, I saw the bounce back. They, they, you know, they did cover. Um, how bad are the Raiders? In this game, Detroit had three turnovers. They missed a field goal. And they still won by double digits. That's how bad the Raiders are right now. Yeah. And Devontae Adams is as pissed as anyone that I've ever seen. You know, he's just not getting the ball and uh, and letting people hear about it. And they're going to try to overcompensate by getting him the ball when he's not open, which is going to result in more turnovers. Um, yeah, the Raiders. But last year, I couldn't pick a, a single game right with them. And uh, I think this year, you've managed to, to pick several. Yeah, well, we've we've certainly identified a team that is collapsing and not scoring. And so those two things, you can you know look at the spreads, look at the over-unders, and uh, see some opportunities there. Uh, so I finished the week 2-0-1. And still never had a perfect week, but I got close. Uh, 15-95. So I will take the week. That gives me a total after eight weeks of 84.72. So I'm up about just under 500 on the year. Nice. And you are right there, 74.53. Uh, and again, your win-loss record is slightly better at 13 and 11. So we're out there. We're giving some good tips. We're making some money. And in particular, the last three weeks have been good uh, for both of us. Yeah, and it was a decent week for the one bet Army. Uh, no one was perfect there, but I do want to read off how everyone did do. Uh, Donnie wheels was the best. He had three of his games. Correct. He had the saints. He had the Cowboys. He had the lions. It's just that, uh, he put $900 on those three and went with another hundred dollar parlay, which didn't come in. But so he was, uh, he still made a lot of money for the week. Nice. Uh, we got Dave Siegel, who coming off of a golden sombrero managed to go two and one. Nice, that's a comeback. That's a comeback kid. Yeah, he had the Saints over, and he had the Panthers, which was great. He also had the Ravens, which should have come in, and that was the one that at the very end was just uh, slipped away. Uh, we've got Dave Barons. He was one one and one. He had the Jags correct. He had a tie with the uh, Washington Commanders. Blessed be. 
Um, we've got uh, Zvagdis. He also was 2-0-1 like yourself. He had the Jags. He had the Seahawks. His push was on that Eagles-Commanders game with seven. We've got Bill Kaklanis. He was the one that picked Denver. A great pick for him, but his other picks did not come in. RJ, he took Cincy, so he was able to cash one of his bets. And my cousin Nick with the golden sombrero this week, a big 0-3 for Nick. Nick, we feel you, buddy. We've been there. That's what we got for the one bet Army. I'm, I've got an idea, though, David. I'm thinking we should make one bet Army t-shirts. Oh, I like it. We can actually have the army out there in the public representing with some swag. Yeah. I think I think that'd be a holiday gift. I think that'd be a holiday sensation. I think that'd be nice to see out there. Um, I'm going to look into making that happen. And I'd like our listeners to, uh, when they do put in their picks, to let us know if they like the idea of a one about Army t-shirt. I mean, think about it. If we're giving out good picks and we're cashing, that means if you follow our picks, you're cashing. Why not throw a little cash and, and wear this some swag? I think that'd be a decent deal. Yeah, we got to find a, a, a way to make a little bit of money on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> the, the pennies we get from advertising aren't uh, paying my mortgage yet. So I, I like it. That's a good idea. Well, speaking of advertising, we should probably take a commercial break. Let's do it. We will be right back with more Wanna Bet after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, we are back with more Wanna Bet, and we are going to turn our attention to week nine of the NFL season. And Miles, this is an interesting week. Um, As I was saying before in the first part of the podcast, it feels like the teams are starting to separate a little bit. And, you know, the teams that are... um, supposed to be good are playing better and beating the teams that they should. There's there's sort of like the the good games and the bad games this year. There's four really good games, Philadelphia, Dallas, Kansas City, Miami, Seattle, Baltimore, and Buffalo, Cincinnati. I hope uh, Josh Allen plays in that game. I think he probably will. And then there's some just horrible games. I mean, the Giants, the Raiders, Rams, Green Bay, you know, Tennessee, Pittsburgh last night was a stinker. Uh, it doesn't mean that they're bad for us because there can be some good opportunities, but just oof, bad, bad to watch for three, three and a half hours. Yeah, no. And it's funny because my bets this week you're going to find is going to be trying to take advantage of some of these games that, that I would also consider bad to watch. So, well, Miles, I do have a quick pop quiz for you. I love your pop quizzes. I know the one about army knows I love a good pop quiz. And this pop quiz has nothing to do with any of our bets or anything like that. I just found it a sort and it's sort of in the world of like teams doing what they're supposed to do. There is one NFL team, Miles, that in every game this year has scored at least 20 points. Can you name that NFL team? And I will just say I'll be impressed if you can. Interesting. Um, my first thought, no, it can't be. I was about to say Detroit, but you said they lost to, to Baltimore and only scored six. So, hmm, Philadelphia? It's the Indianapolis Colts. Oh, my. What a just a weird fact I stumbled across. Uh, a team that we have been um, not really looking at all year. One of those teams where um, we haven't bet on them, I don't think at all. Um, but for what, you know, whether it's Richardson or Minshew or whoever, they've been, they haven't been winning all their games. So their defense isn't great, but they've been scoring at least 20 points every game. That is interesting. I, I actually like Minshew. Uh, I like Taylor now that he's back. I've always been a big Pittman fan. You know, he uh, lived in Calabasas and, and grew up, uh, you know, with our kids. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, I haven't bet on them either because last year I got almost every game wrong with them. So they've been one where I've I've appreciated, but I've avoided. Um, unlike uh, you know the Titans and the Texans, who I don't even appreciate. So yeah, that's an interesting quiz. I I didn't get that one. Well, we are going to turn our attention to week nine, as I mentioned. So cha-ching, a thousand new dollars are going into my bank, and I am going to jump in here first. So my big bet of the week, I am taking the Kansas City Chiefs minus one and a half over the Miami Dolphins. That's 440 to win 400. And as I mentioned earlier, I have been very good 
at identifying bounce back opportunities. And I think this is a prime bounce back opportunity. I don't think that the game against Denver was the real Kansas City with Mahomes being sick and some of the weather issues, whatever. But I think they are going to turn around in Frankfurt, Germany. Uh, So that's one of the things that's a little bit of a bummer for me. It's not a true home game for Kansas City. They don't get the advantage of playing uh, in Arrowhead. Um, But at minus one and a half, I think it's a great bet. And taking a little bit of a step backwards, one of my themes this week is the idea of, oh, sure, you may be good, but who have you really beaten? And that comes into play very, very specifically for the Miami Dolphins because they may have a decent record, but their wins are over the Chargers, the Giants, the Patriots, Denver, and Carolina. So against those five teams, those five teams have a winning record of 11 and 27. The two teams who they lost to, Buffalo and Philadelphia, are 12 and 4. Can you see a trend there? They do not play well against good teams. Kansas City is not a great team, but they have a decent defense. They are a good team. We know what Kansas City can do, and I think that cr- that trend continues. I think that they have a lot of great skill players, Hill, Tua, Mostert, they've got some horses, but they haven't shown they can do it when it really counts against a a strong opponent. And I think the Germany thing is going to kind of be neutral. They're both, uh, you know, traveling a long distance. Like I said, I wish it weren't in Germany. I don't know how uh, a primetime game is what this game should be uh, ends up on the NFL network at six o'clock in the morning, my time. But that's my big bet in Germany, Kansas City, minus a, one and a half over Miami, 440 to win 400. I've got a lot to unpack here. And, and really, virtually none of it is, is football related and X and O's. It's, it's, it's all kinds of things. Let's, let's start with this 6 a.m. business in in Germany. And by the way, it's going to be during daylight savings time. So you get to set the clock back to like, I don't know, maybe 1938 Germany. What's going (laughs) on right now? Is that what's happening? We got a daylight savings in Germany. Last year, if you recall, uh, I bet the game in Germany and got housed. So I don't even want to touch anything that's in Germany. I've already lost one game in London. So maybe we should not be looking at these European games. You're right. Well, and... This is this is one I can't. You said they're going to lose their home field advantage. How about this? Can you picture the German fans rooting for the Chiefs? You know, a, a group of people who were upended and 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 had all their property taken from them and and were persecuted. And you think the Germans are going to want the Chiefs? Don't you think the Germans would want like the Vikings or the Raiders or? I mean, the commanders, you know, for Handmaid's Tale, you think they like the Chiefs? No one's going to like the Chiefs. So I don't know. I, I don't see this as being home field whatsoever. So you think the Germans have a big Miami Dolphin? Are they big Dolphin fans? <laughs> or are they just anti-Chiefs because of what the Chiefs represent? Exactly. I think they're anti-Chiefs. I think the truth will come out. No one's going to see it because it's six in the morning, but that's that's my prediction. As for the actual substance of what you're saying in this game, um, It'll be interesting. You know, earlier in the season, I was telling you that I thought you never gave the the, the Dolphins enough credit and that the week that you didn't, the, the Dolphins got punished and pummeled and you won your bet. I think this is going to be a, a, an interesting game and certainly could be um, foreshadowing for maybe a potential playoff matchup. So um, this will be a fun one. I hope so. I think Mahomes and the Chiefs tends to shine in important games, and they know this is an important game, and I think they'll step up. And again, they're coming off of the sting of last week, uh, and that's going to be fresh in their minds, and I think they're going to stick it to Miami. Okay, well, let me surprise you with my big bet of the week, but I am following rule two, which is to, to size my bets, so they're all around the same amount. So it's 330, 330, and 340. And this is my 340. I am taking your San Diego slash Los Angeles Chargers. What? Minus two and a half against the Jets. So, yeah, I locked it in when it was three, but I want to buy down that half a point to two and a half. It's since moved up to three and a half. But, yeah, I might be crazy here. I don't think I ever do well on the Chargers. And I'm going to tell you my thinking here. It's uh, They always play these one-score games which scares me, except last week they finally broke out of their shell and actually beat a team by more than seven points. They beat the Bears, who I know aren't good, but it was another primetime evening game 
They looked great. Um, you know, they're playing now the Jets, who, again, were pretty miserable when they played the Giants, who absolutely suck. The Jets have a really, really weak offense. And I think that uh, the Charger defense is probably better than the Giant defense. So we know the Charger offense is potent. Um, I think I think this is a – it might be a weird spot, given that the Chargers just won and that the Jets just lost. But I'm sticking with my gut here, and I'm taking the Chargers. Well, I know it's a bizarre world now that I've returned to that Miles V just uh, bet the Chargers. And sure, you're betting rule two, but you just threw rule one out the window. Yeah. Uh, the home underdog. That's a fair point. So let me unpack a couple of things because I think the Chargers should win this game, but this is the exactly the kind of game that the Chargers lose when they're going to play in prime time on the road against a lesser team. The one very positive thing for you, I would say, is the emergence of Austin Eckler last week. He's been sort of MIA, been battling an ankle injury. So the fact that he really came alive, the fact that they beat the Bears by double digits, you know, with Badgent as the quarterback and the Bears coming and the Bears aren't good. So that doesn't surprise me at all. Um, I'm not on this game. I'm as a fan rooting for my Chargers, but I wouldn't I wouldn't make this bet. I hope I hope it comes out for you. Well, like I said, I'm gonna I'm buying it down the two and a half. They need to win by a field goal. I hope the Chargers don't charge her. Um, but that's three forty to win two forty three. So not the best payback, but we're gonna give it a run. I think it's smart to buy that half point because the Chargers do charger themselves into a lot of uh, last second field goal games. Well, good luck to you on that. Um, And again, my theme this week is sure, but who have you beaten? So that leads into my second pick of the week, which is the Philadelphia Eagles minus three at home against the Dallas Cowboys at 330 to win 300. I'm really excited about this game. This this game is set to record. Uh, I will be watching it closely. Um, going straight down to Dallas people, you know, look, they had a big win last week against the Rams, 48 to 20. It's the Rams. And again, if you're going to look for something positive on Dallas, the fact that CD lamb had a big, you know, day, that's good for them to see, but let's take a look at who they've beaten. They've beaten the giants, the jets, new England, the chargers and the Rams. I know that the Chargers and the Jets aren't like terrible teams, but that is not you know a great lineup. And you can't even make the the argument that Dallas beats all the teams that it's supposed to be because one of their losses is to the Cardinals. So who knows? Uh, Dak is playing a little bit better lately. They do have a nice win that they're coming off of, but I think that the Eagles, I really like the Eagles as a team that plays for a solid fourth four quarters. Those guys just grind and grind and grind. And suddenly at the end of the game, they've put up 30, 35 points. They've covered their spreads. They don't panic when they are down early as they were against Washington. Uh, You know, they end up scoring 38 points in that game. Hertz had a bad knee. This is at the moment, I think the most complete team, um, I think Dallas, and I have to say this, even though Dak is playing a little bit better, there's a little bit of a Kirk Cousins reputation that Dak is developing in terms of not playing well in big games. And until he starts beating these teams that have a better record and really um, you know, getting those wins that are these tough divisional rivalry games, I'm going to be looking opportunities for to fade them like I am right now, and, and I think Philadelphia wins this game. And I like your bet. Um, I, like I've always done, I'll tell you flat out if I like your bet, and I, I like it here. I, I do think this also is some foreshadowing of some potential playoff matchups. Um, this is a great division rivalry. It's a great division game. Uh, I don't think it's necessarily going to you know dictate who moves on but I think it's going to be a really fun game to watch and who's to say that the other team won't win the next round but yeah this will be good I too have really enjoyed watching Philadelphia and last week was the first time that the tush push didn't work yeah you fumbled right right I had some great parlay going that was like a same game parlay where all I needed was a Jalen Hurts touchdown and it would have come in And so when I saw they were doing it at the one, I thought, how is this not going to work? And sure enough, it didn't work. So (laughs) I got pimped. But I'll tell you something, I still like Philadelphia, and I still think, you know, they they managed to to win the game and cover. So I was happy with that. I I think this is another good one for you. I hope so. 
What else you got for us, Miles? So my next bet is kind of going with the theme that you were talking about, how kind of shitty teams aren't scoring and they're bad teams playing against each other and they're not fun to watch. I'm going to go with Green Bay Rams under 39 and a half. Now, it's a little scary seeing what Dallas did to the Rams and how many points they put up, but I've been watching the trends of Green Bay for pretty much all year. You know, being here in Chicago, you really get exposed to the NFC North, and those are the games that are always being talked about. And after after the game, it's 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 all the you know uh, aftermath and the interviews and people talking. Green Bay is in a really bad position, and I'm happy. I, I don't like that team whatsoever. I didn't like them when they had Rodgers. I don't like them now. And watching them and their trends is that they can't score in the first half. And they managed to do a little bit of damage in the second half, but they're not putting up significant points. And guess what? They're playing the Rams, who kind of have similar issues at times, and we're not even sure if Matthew Stafford's playing. Now, by the way, I don't know if Matthew Stafford playing is good or bad for me in this bet. Uh, One can argue he hasn't had the, the, the type of season that he's used to and that having him play might be better for my under because he's been throwing interceptions and he hasn't been mobile and he's been going down, you know, getting sacked. But I don't know who they're going to play without him. and I don't remember who their backup quarterback is. But either way, I just don't see this as being a very offensive game. And 39 and a half just kind of seems like a lot of points. And in fact, the line has already moved to 38 and a half, and it wouldn't surprise me if by game time it goes even lower. I'm banking on the fact that the unders have been coming in, that these bad teams are going to continue to play poorly, that you know Jordan Love is not the answer at quarterback, and maybe at some point he'll even get benched. So, yeah, um, that's just kind of what I'm thinking here. It seems obvious, but uh, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think you've really identified a couple of teams that are scuffling right now. Green Bay's lost four in a row. They haven't scored more than 20 points in a game since week two. Jordan Love uh, may not be the quarterback for for long. It looked like he was flashing and had some potential. Uh, it feels like he's taken a big step back. You know, in terms of the Rams, I think it's an advantage for you if Stafford doesn't play. I think Stafford's a veteran. He has flashed a little bit this year. He had the connection with Pakanakua. Um, so bringing in a backup quarterback, I think is always a good scenario. Uh, when you're talking about an under, you've got two bad teams who are playing each other. And like I said earlier on bad teams, doesn't necessarily mean bad things for us. So totally see why you're getting this bad. The only thing that makes me a little nervous is an under in the thirties. Cause like I said, teams, you know, tend to stumble into 10, 12, 13 points. Uh, well, you're going to love my next bet then. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I get it. I like the bet. Um, yeah, you got, you got bad teams, hopefully. Paying, you know, playing bad football, which will be to your advantage. That leaves the final bets of the week. And I have something interesting in my final bet. I am taking New Orleans, Chicago. So Saints Bears over 41, 230 to win 209. And what's interesting about this bet is I went back and checked and neither of us have bet on the Saints at all this year. This is the first time that either one of us in any capacity has bet the Saints. And for me, they were almost a classic example of a team where you really don't know what's going on. You had David Carr coming in as the new quarterback, but then he gets hurt. Jameis Winston comes in. Uh, Carr's now back. They're kind of up and down. And it's really taken me a couple of weeks to, I think, you know, pin some thoughts on the Saints and what they're doing as a football team. And I will say this, um, in the last four games, the Saints are two and two, but they're averaging 27 points a game. And I think they're going to score more than 27 points against the Bears. So that's one of the things that I'm looking at. Um, You know, they really should be better uh, against a weak NFC South. You know, the Saints, when they get to the end of the season, if they don't make the playoffs and you know they don't have a, a run at the end, they've got losses to Green Bay and Houston right now that they're really going to look back and, and regret. But I think Carr is a veteran. He's coming off of a very good week last week. He can move the ball. He's got some nice weapons with Kamara and Taysom Hill and you know Thomas and Alave. There's pieces all over the board. And let's look at the 
the Bears side of things. I do expect New Orleans to do the bulk of the work in this over, but the Bears are also two and two in their last four games. And in the two two wins, which were over the Commanders and the Raiders, they averaged 35 points in those two games. And then in their two losses against Minnesota and the Chargers, they averaged 13. So huge discrepancy there. But again, I think... You know, New Orleans, if they can get me 30, even if the Bears only score 13, I hit the over. Fields could be playing, Fields, Badgett, it doesn't really matter to me. I think New Orleans is going to put some points on the board. They're going to score. Chicago's going to do enough to get me to this over, uh, and I'll hit the bet. Well, so far this year, I think you mentioned your offer on overs. So, oh yeah, I forgot I forgot to mention that again that I haven't hit an over bet all year. So I'm over five, could be over six, but damn it, I am consistent. I am not going to stop betting on them. Some of these numbers are so low. You think I see an opportunity uh, that more points will be scored? But yeah, my my track record on the overs has been awful this year, as bad as can be. Don't let the facts get in the way. You should just continue. <laughs> And see what happens. Um, My last bet is an under, and it's the Las Vegas Raiders, New York Giants under. And that is a low number of 37 and a half, which (laughs) you're saying my 39 and a half is going to be tough. This one's 37 and a half. But wait, I've watched the Raiders. I've watched the Giants. The Raiders, have, like you said, they bench Garoppolo. They're going with Aiden O'Connell. I can't imagine that working out terribly well. Uh, I think the Giants might actually get back Daniel Jones. I don't know that that helps. Daniel Jones has not shown much this year at all. Uh, I'm expecting this to be a really ugly game, one that no one probably wants to watch. These are off- these offenses are anemic. Uh, the Giants have put up barely any points all year, and it just seems it screams to me under. Now, maybe again, this is one of those obvious things, and maybe someone breaks a long run or there's a missed coverage or who knows, but boy, the way these teams playing, it wouldn't surprise me if it's a 9-6 outcome. You should win this game. By all means, everything on paper, you should win this game. Yeah, the Giants are getting Jones back, but they lost Darren Waller, who could be out for a little while. The Raiders have absolutely imploded. I can't even really think of an organization imploding so severely so dramatically in the middle of a year like the Raiders have um there's got to be chaos there I I, I wouldn't be surprised again 37 and a half that's a low number Aiden O'Connell did have some moments in preseason preseason doesn't mean anything but you know I think he's got a little bit of potential yeah it feels like 9-6 could absolutely be the end result of this game. No no question about it. Yeah, and then they'll vote to say we never want to see either of these teams again on prime time. You know, these they should be relegated to Thursday nights. Right. Do you have the stomach to watch this game? Are you going to actually be watching this turd of a game? I mean, if it's on the Red Zone channel, <laughs> no, because I don't see either one of them getting close to the Red Zone. All right. Well, those are our bets. Miles, you want to recap your bets really quickly? I am taking the San Diego Superchargers, as they used to be called, and yes. minus, minus two and a half. I am taking the under in the Green Bay Los Angeles Rams debacle of a game, followed by an even worse game with the Las Vegas Raiders New York Giants under 37 and a half. Well, I certainly hope you win your Chargers bet. I think I did win a bet on them on the under with the Cowboys game a few weeks ago. So I have one, uh, which is rare for me because usually they screw me over. Hopefully there'll be better luck for you. Now, my bets this week, I am taking and in my theme of sure, who have you beaten uh, despite your good record? I am taking Kansas City minus one and a half over Miami who haven't beaten anybody. I am taking Philadelphia minus three over Dallas. Uh, That's 330 to win 300. The first one was 440 to win 400. I don't think Dallas has beaten that many teams either. Uh, And Philadelphia is a very, very good, complete team. And in my final bet, I'm taking the Saints Bears over 41. Weird teams, hard to predict, but they can score enough to get me to the over. That's 230 to win 209. And let's see if we can keep our trends going. Can Miles cash for his fourth straight Week, that would be nice. Can I cash three out of four and increase my lead? Who knows? These are all but questions. We, yeah. These are all good questions, and they're going to be resolved in the next uh, 72 hours or so. Yeah, and with the German game being early in the morning on the daylight savings, you're going to know where, where you stand You know, upon uh, waking up. 
I certainly am, and there's going to be a lot of Chiefs haters in Germany, but uh, Kansas City is going to get past that, and they're going to win that game. So that is the podcast going into week nine from the WannaBet boys, David and Miles. Uh, as always, we're here every week throwing down our bets, giving you our thoughts. Please join us on Twitter or X by going to at WannaBet podcast, and you can make your picks. You can tell us if you like T-shirts. You can tell us uh, that you don't like our picks. We, we want to hear from you. We want you guys to uh, involve yourselves so uh, we can, uh, I don't know, what, what we can interact. Is that, what, is that the word I'm looking for? We can create content together. That sounds a little funny given that our definition of create content is... Yeah. <laughs> well, you have given our listeners their marching orders as members of the WannaBet Army. Uh, we'd love to get some swag out to you. We love that you follow us. Uh, thanks for keeping the torch alive, and we will see you next week. True that. I love your body, Larry. Peace out, everybody. Good night. Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Deep Leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric Acid. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement. Inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast. Electricast.